American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Hello there, citizens of the Reject Nation, and welcome to our House of the Dragon Season 1, Episode 3. Review our immediate thoughts upon watching the episode. It's been it's been pretty insane to behold, honestly. I forgot how to talk for a second there. Uh, yeah, just the amount of uh, good grace this show has managed to garner among fans of Game of Thrones. I mean, so much as dropping the original theme back in and just seeing how hyped people got about that. It's It's been quite gratifying, you know, especially as uh, pessimistic as some folks were heading into this. So, yeah, if you'd like to join us for the experience, you can check out the reaction highlights over on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash therealrejects, or... If you want to join us for the complete experience, bring your own copy and join us on Patreon. You can sync up with the time code. That's patreon.com slash the real rejects. Got House of the Dragon watch alongs there as well as a whole bunch of other shows and movies with highlights as well as watch alongs included. It's a blast over there. Also, uh, if you love the channel, you just want to rep uh, some swag or support that way. Uh, check out our shop zero edition.com store. We got some cool stuff coming down the pike and some cool stuff in there. Right now, but for the moment, it is time to talk Targaryen. Let's do this. Wow. <laughs> cool. <laughs> awesome. Wow. That was awesome. That was hard. That was hardcore. Well, it just keeps getting better and better. Ah, uh, that was... That was awesome. What a great bookend. Just like the start of Damon getting into the fight, at least is what it perceived to me as, right? Because the guy who was suffering at the, the guy was suffering on the ground at the beginning when the crab feeder was killing him. Yeah. He was saying, my prince will come and all that. Yeah. But it seemed like, oh my God, he's actually joining the fight. Yeah. Or, yeah. or something. Or he's saying something. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it seemed like that was the beginning of the war. And then this is um, the end of it. And I got to say, like, normally, time jumps can actually upset me when I'm watching uh, a series. Because a lot of time I'm like, I want to see the development of all those things. Yeah. I want to see what happens in between. I want to see it you know, grow out. And this is like the rare case where you're getting so many time jumps in between episodes mm -hmm. that I'm like, I imagine there's got to be a point where we're not time jumping that much yeah like okay this is the next day and not <laughs> like 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 a few years, years later. down yeah, the line yeah, yeah months years yeah so i imagine we'll probably get to it that point sometime um maybe maybe not but the way they handle is because they stick so true to the emotional core of all these characters and the actors i think do such a good job at filling in 
the memories in between that we did not get to yeah. see that you can feel the passage of time and you could feel the history and whatever either strain or awkward tension or conversations that have taken place or weariness and so everyone is doing such a good job and it's such a rare occasion to me to to watch something with so many different time jumps and to still be fully engrossed right when you catch up to okay we're three years ahead and then five two seconds later i'm like it just engrossed yeah in yeah. what's going on as opposed to Man, I would have liked to have seen some of this stuff. <laughs> like that's normally where I'm at with the shows. I that's the problem that I usually have with time jumps and shows, and this does not give me that problem. And it's just a testament to how strong and rich, uh, every, like everything, just firing on all cylinders in every direction. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, good show. It's a good show. <laughs> it's a good show. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, John. Like I couldn't agree with you more. Talk talk about something specific, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. No, I, I think it's hard to do this kind of time jumping in a show like this because I think they're good at making it feel deliberate. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it feels just like I don't know. Let's move along. But yeah, like this feels like the most notable bullet points, or or you know, like if you're reading a history of something, these seem like the pivotal moments. And yeah, I love the way that they're able to balance this, you know, family drama almost with all this politics. And they even come out and say it. He's like, I'm so tired of talking politics. And yet, you know, that's inescapable for people in this position. And I, I loved the back and forth of the relationship between Viserys and Rhaenyra throughout this episode and everybody coming up to him and being like, hey, listen, you got to you got to change you got your son now. You got Aegon. You got to change the whole, you know, way forward for, uh, you know, your heir and stuff like that, right? And and watching the struggle and watching him become more and more de depressed on this ironic day of celebration and watching as everything kind of, again, seems to be deteriorating not only in his physical health and all that, but also in the situations. It's like watching as they bring in not the white heart, but just a regular old stag and seeing the sort of begrudging disappointment. Like, I think the way that they're whittling away at his character is great because it, it feels very alive and natural, but I'm also kind of, I'm always unsure as to where it's going to go and what he's going to reveal. And then, like you pointed out, like his back and forth with uh, Millie Alcock, who, who's currently Rhaenyra, like she's so, she is so great and the two of them are such different characters. But yeah, that unspoken both tension but occasional understanding between them is 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 really beautiful and i think you know i mean game of thrones world you know you you come in associating with you know lots of interesting and large characters but i also feel like certain people need to bring out that intimacy and i think they do it really nicely with these these two you know yeah uh and they're like they have these p people position like there's people arguing that damon should have been king just because man brother and then you have the aegon and i know the name aegon targaryen mm. so and fortunately it's been a couple of years since i've seen game of thrones yeah, yeah so yeah. i'm like okay i don't remember the details so is that confirmation <laughs> that this child will be king or, <laughs> yeah, or is he just named is, after a is, previous aegon is, who is that was why the king? i know yeah. the name aegon? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah yeah so i like I like that I haven't taken the time to like let me go revisit all of Game of Thrones <laughs> because mm. it, it it helped. I feel like actually kind of forgetting some some details helps me just enjoy this experience for what it is. Yeah. And uh, instead of like thinking about what's going to come next, you know, mm. and, and just taking like be in the moment with the show 
as opposed to where the destination is. So um, you have that with Aegon Targaryen, but they really show that with Rhaenyra. Rhaen- Rhaen- I always get confused on how to pronounce it. Rhaenyra, right? Yeah. Rhaen- with Rhaenyra, how she's the most capable one. If anyone is to be heir to the Targaryen throne, it should be her because she's got the strategy down. I mean, she's they already solved like she's solved problems where yeah. everyone else is like I deserve it or Damon's just a a a, a wild crazy wild stallion that man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And uh, I I love everything that they flesh out with her. Like her performance is uh, carries so much weight in every moment she's on screen. So to like everyone does an amazing job. And it's cool that the like the titular characters feel like they're Damon and Renera, and both of them very different roles on mm-hmm. all accounts. And you know, I, th- I think that we're supposed to be getting an older. I think the one thing that IMDb kind of <laughs> sorry if I'm spoiling something here if you didn't know this, but um, so you could click off if you want. But I think on IMDb they do say that there's going to be an older Renera at some point, yeah. and based off the way the show is time jumping around, yeah, <laughs> you makes sense. like probably going to get one. Um, and, and it makes me sad to know that we're probably not going to be hanging out with her. Yeah, because she's so good. She's so she's so awesome, and I root for her so much, mm-hmm. and I feel for her so much that it, it's kind of painful knowing, like, oh man, we're not just going to like hang out with her for like five seasons. It's not going <laughs> like, to be her yeah. show. Yeah, totally. yeah. Um, but I, I'm sure that whoever fills in the, the the slot, the seat for her, will be great. And because every 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 interaction that she has just carries so much history to it, and, and the way they, I think every actor does a good job on where they're at at this point in here. Like Viserys, uh, he has just gone through the ringer. Oh, that that dude has just become more and more dejected as as time has gone on, and it's like he's gotten the thing he always dreamt of. And he just seems like he's in a worse place mentally and emotionally than he's ever been in his entire existence. Yeah. Like I made a joke about it that it's only been three years, but he's aged like eight. He's like balding yeah. all there. It's like just it doesn't seem like he cares at all to like keep his face trim. No, like he he looks like unkempt. Like there's a there's, yeah. he just looks older. He doesn't look unkempt necessarily. They look he, he looks a lot older in that time has really taken its toll and the stress has really weighed on him. It's like when someone gets nominated for president. And then they age like <laughs> they twenty age, years yeah. and four years, you know. Uh, well, yeah, because it's got to be hard to be in that position. And two, he's surrounded by so many connivers and so many, you know, people who are actively trying to manipulate him. And so it must be—you can feel the loneliness and you can feel the despair in him because of that. Well, he's surrounded by so much just cold-hearted politics, and he's someone with a with a heart, you know. Whether or not whether or not you like some of the decisions this guy makes. And he's not the greatest father. He's he he makes an effort. Yeah. Whether or not the the word he lands is the thing you agree on, I wouldn't call the character unlikable, even though yeah. he's made a, a a step or two that's not a real likable decision. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely not an unlikable character because the guy really does care, and it's like he he would like to find some type of reprieve, some type of balance where he can be king, do the political shit, but also like. I just want my daughter to marry someone she loves, and, and I just want to <laughs> want to enjoy life a little bit. I want to celebrate love a little bit, and all we ever do is the political game of it. And I, I thought, like, watching his descent over his drunk, like, they even did a good job in the time span as he got progressively more drunk and more, more, uh, more angry, and then 
went into just very vulnerable and lamenting a lot of a lot of the sorrow and worry that he's feeling. Mm. Uh, I, I thought he had such an excellent character, such great great writing and, and acting, and uh, and that whole thing with the what, what kind of animal is that? <laughs> no, it's it's a, a deer. deer. It is a deer. It is it's essentially, a deer. yeah, they, uh, a heart. A heart. Yes. Yeah. On oh, the white heart, she's like the the way that was contrasted was so well done. Oh yeah, well, and I love the way that that plays. They they have a couple discussions in this episode about different like bits of symbolism, like I saw in a dream, you know, by this yeah. child born with this crown, or inversely, you have, or, or across the spectrum, you have this ritual, this sort of blessing from the gods of oh, the the white heart appears, and that's could just be the superstition of man but also it could mean something and then too it appears to Rhaenyra after this again like this really uncomfortable moment when they slaughter the regular one where you can just tell it's just not like you can you can tell for uh uh um Viserys that just it's just not working (laughs) (laughs) and yeah you watch his filter descend and it's it's such a well-drawn triangle because there's so many characters but I feel like the presences of the main Targaryens are really well done and even on the opposite side of the spectrum with Damon because it's like you get the most of Rhaenyra and you get you know a lot of Viserys and you see their relationship and their estrangement though they are so close but then you also get the estrangement from Damon and the way they use him I think is really cool and really rewarding because in these two episodes since the first one he's he's in the first one a lot but since he's been sort of banished to Dragonstone or has just sort of been ignored to be a his own devices over there like when he enters there's just as much presence you know as if he'd been here the whole time and every moment like i love the way they had him be so deliberate and stoic and it's like he gets this letter and he reads it he barely speaks and they play it so up close in his face like he's i don't so think he spoke one word the whole episode I th- yeah i think you're thinking back i think you're probably right and i i love how gripping that is and the way that that character in just a couple moments like he gets the letter and you can tell there's there's a rush of things happening in some way you bet it's kind of a relief or that there's some kind of emotional pang to like oh my brother's finally deciding to help but also on the flip side we've we've lost so many ranks and we've done all the hard work and now he's going to come in and help and make it some kind of victory like nah, i gotta go deal with this myself and even though we haven't gotten like a lot of big exposition from him lately like his life and growth feels so vital even despite all that and even though he is quite removed from everybody right now and uh yeah just that the whole battle that led to was incredible oh yeah i mean the 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 both battles at the beginning and the end you know they i think what they really do well with the battle sequences um in this episode is they they utilize their environment and atmosphere very well like in the nighttime sequence the the way they have the dragon kind of be illuminated by just like everyone and everything's just kind of illuminated by fire it's almost yeah. like roger deacons-esque <laughs> and that, <laughs> that nice and, orange light <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. it was great it was awesome uh so the visual so i was like oh, yeah, this looks freaking amazing it's beautiful to behold and then of course um in the final battle with you could feel the the ocean waves and the weather and and, and the fog the mist and i, I love how all that was executed so I think utilizing that, and then it was all like scuzzy and up close and messy, and at times you can't even really tell what's going on. And then at times you catch it the last thing, like oh, 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 that's what's going on. Oh my god, you know. So it gets it's it has this great pulsating punch to it, and the crab feeder carried so much presence. And I I do wish we got a little bit more with the crab feeder. That was as as cool of a re- moment that was in a reveal. 
I was like, damn, you've been like setting this homeboy up since the first episode. <laughs> yeah, know? I want to see some kind of actual pulling back of the curtain on him or something. I don't know, like a scene with him. Yeah, I mean, not that we needed like a crazy dialogue-driven scene, but uh, just to spend more time with him due to the fact of whenever they cut to him, it seems like they had such a specific illustration to draw, and especially with their the way they captured it, uh, photography-wise, mm-hmm. and just the mood and and the 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 vibe of whatever he was there was so palpable. It just gets you, yeah. and you're sucked into this gorgeous darkness. This is very <laughs> yeah. striking, yeah. So I wanted to spend more, and I kind of wanted to see that like final battle, you know, yeah. like as much as I love. It's a part of me that just tr- truly loves the way it was handled. The, don't get me wrong. I, I really love the part it was handled. And there's the flip side of me. It's like, I just I want, want a little bit more. Well, yeah, because yeah. it, it is the one maybe thing that feels a little, and I'll, and I'll reserve full judgment until we see f- past this, because you never know w- what might still remain of, you know, this group and, and what they do. You know, obviously the, the crab feeder has people who follow him. So, yeah, it's the one thing, though, with the time jumping and stuff that maybe does feel at this moment, just on first watch, a little slight or a little bit like this seemed like a, such a vital threat and such a important piece mm-hmm. that if it's just wrapped up now and we're not going to really ever think about that again, I am a little taken aback by that. But Well, there'll be after effects for sure from the from the conquering of this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's such an important, you know, strategic part of the realm and everything that, yeah, like there will be fallout from this. But at the same time, yeah, part of me just as a genre viewer is just like, man, I just want to see more of this crab carnage. <laughs> I mean, the that was just all their people, right? Um, like Damon and, and um, yeah, and, Valerians and the Valer- Valor- Valorians, Valorians. Uh, with them, that was just their people. Yeah, right. It wasn't. It wasn't the reinforcements. Yeah, they didn't show up. See, that's what's so smart about us. Is Damon's most badass moment here was motivated by emotion. Yeah, because yeah. he's like, I'm not even gonna wait for these reinforcements. Like, thanks, but no thanks. Let's just go in and take care of this. Yeah, no matter how hopeless this looks, we're gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, <laughs> this is awesome to me, man. I yeah, it. yeah, it's, it's great. And then even with like um, the way they've been fleshing out the uh, Allison uh, and like her her relationship with Viserys, mm-hmm. I, I actually really liked how she entered the room and it became about you know the necessity to enter the battle. And what that represents, and it wasn't about. Um, whoa! I just already forgot it. Aegon. Aegon. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It, it wasn't about uh, Aegon Targaryen the way Otto wanted it to be. Yeah, because Otto, in a lot of ways, seems like the little finger of this show. Sure. Uh, but he's doing. He's definitely doing his own thing. Like you can see why. Why. Why uh, he's trusted. And then in private, you're like, you're a sick son you, of a bitch. Because yeah. <laughs> you, you seem so like you seem so believably compassionate and understanding. Yeah. In in a in a more public setting, great false sincerity <laughs> yeah, yeah. from that guy. But in in um, because yeah, he's he's, he's manipulating and using his own daughter. It's it's oh, he's disturbing. It's, it's it's disgusting. It's really disgusting what he's doing. He's, what? He, he's using his daughter. Yeah, and he's the one who's like, maybe Rhaenyra should marry Aegon. Why not? <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anything to get Aegon to be king. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And he and and oh yeah, and the guy who plays that he's in Halloween. 
That's he's he's the podcaster yes. guy. He plays the oh Lannister my God. guy. I was trying to figure it I out. I, it took me a while to, p- to pinpoint it, and I Turn was like, around. "Yeah, you're the dude in the podcasting in Halloween, yeah. and uh, he's American in that. No, he's British in that. I can't. What is he? American British? I could he's, totally forgot. Actually, I think he's still British in that. Because <laughs> yeah. I think they're a little fish out of watery, but I'm not. I'd have to go back and look. Yeah, the yeah. Question. The the Halloween remake, obviously, not the. <laughs> yeah. Rob Zombie uh, Halloween. No, yeah. Uh, 2018. Yeah, so he was um oh not the remake, the sequel. God damn it. Yes, the the official sequel, the, <laughs> the real Halloween 2. Yes, so uh, he 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 was fun to watch too cuz you know, he's like, yeah, he's a Lannister all right. Who did you say his his brother was? Uh, it wasn't Tywin, it was like Ty Tygon or something like that. Sounded close to Tywin, Ty- but it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that too because they they're good at playing on the fact that yeah it's like a a Lannister or any other recognizable house name shows up and you have like this preconceived notion and I love that I don't know this is a testament to the way they were able to build these characters where you're like this guy is definitely a Lannister although you know he's not the slickest Lannister out there (laughs) he seems like just kind of another one of their ranks and by the time you get to Game of Thrones you know Lannister always pays his debts and and with the Lannisters they they are they are the top dogs Mm. Right, I'm remembering that correctly, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, At least once you get out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the Lannisters, so the Lannisters are at the top, and and then you you're hearing you're seeing this Jason guy be so submissive hmm. towards his king, you know, even when the king is getting upset with him. Yeah. And how he's just like kind of backing away, and he's he, they're just striving for more power. So, I think they got all these wonderful chess pieces in play. Mm-hmm. Of I don't really know. How is this all going to turn to the biggest pile of dog shit for everyone here? How is this going to torture? But it's going to. maim everybody. Yeah. yeah. It just seems like this could go wrong. This could go wrong. This They're all probably going to go wrong in some way. Yeah. And that's part of what makes it so fun to watch the drama because the drama is never boring. It's, it's never boring. It never feels like it's slowing the show down. It's like great Game of Thrones stuff because... It, it, there's always something deeper underneath what's being talked about and what's advancing in terms of plot, and you always get the sense that there's there's some type of cunning behavior, like the the Lionel character, the one that looks like John Bailey, yeah. seems to be the one who, who who really just wants to offer some good piece he of advice. Like <laughs> I love good like, counsel on that guy, yeah. And I love that character too, because over these three episodes, just seeing him in brief glimpses, like that is a, an association that has for me kind of grown each time. So like this time when when yeah, Viserys cuts him off. I love the way he played that, where he's like, I, I get I get what you're insinuating, thanks, but no. <laughs> yeah. Here's an actually good idea. And there, I think that's, a, a, you know, you sit here watching this, and for me, part of my brain afterwards, it's like trying to figure out the alchemy of how they write like this. And I think they have a Game of Thrones, the, at least the good era of Game of Thrones, and now this show, they're really good at both giving you these stakes, like these first three episodes have had a lot of tensions and a lot of different stakes crashing together and we've had at least a couple battles but you can feel the sense that this is not the end of anything this is like the early squabbles leading to a much bigger conflict most likely and through characters like all the different you know small table folks and and everybody kind of that we peer in on they're really good at showing the direct link between the people and those motivations and these big you know, situations of armies clashing and, and, you know, statecraft and differing ideologies and all that. Like, they, I think the reason 
they're so good at jumping back and forth between big battles and then big drama is because yeah like they really draw that line between you know the whims of people and these conflicts and the way in which you know everyone's different position in the class system and emotional experience all affects this i don't know they 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 seem really good at at yeah kind of drawing never letting you forget about that so that no motion or action feels arbitrary yeah i love it i think it's great the music is haunting yeah it's just gorgeous music mm-hmm. and uh, i think the way they especially in the final battle the way how they captured so everything's just so up close and personal all these like really intimate profile shots yeah. <laughs> you know it's like the chaos it's the, the you really feel like you're there and you're in the chaos of it yeah this is awesome it's really great, yeah. and even the way they're fleshing out. Last thing, I, 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 I mean, I, I like the, I like the Kristen character a lot too. Mm-hmm. Like she should be with him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, absolutely should. But the even the relationship with Allison and and Renera of how you could tell that there's even complexity there. Like she hasn't gone, you know, full, you know, cold queen in this. You know, she's very she she's still craves that connection with Renera and does and doesn't feel right. About trying to manipulate, at least right now. We'll cut to like four years and later in the next episode. <laughs> going to the the yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, but Alicent, you know, you could tell doesn't feel right about trying to oust Renera from from the throne. Yeah, and um, she, you could tell how uncomfortable she is. Yeah, by her position. Um, so I don't know. I, I I hope it doesn't just time jump so much every episode. Right now, it hasn't lost me at all. I could see a version though where I'm like, "Come on, let's let's just, let's just stay in this couple month period." <laughs> you know? uh, yeah, yeah. I, I hope that there is at least a very smooth transition point before we we hop in. I want to feel. It feels like, like now would be a good point. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing, and, and I I don't know. Like, and hey, it all depends on how they handle the episode. But but yeah, you you feel like if you are gonna jump. Enough time to get different actors, I think, emotionally, you would want to feel like you sent off that iteration of the character or, you know, at least enough for, you know, that actor or whatever. is When when it is a situation like this where especially Millie Alcock is just so engrossing to watch and such great casting, uh, yeah, you know. Oh, yeah, she's fucking brilliant. Yeah, and it's like... I love watching this performance and just having this idea that will probably, I doubt it's going to be like little fat jumps forward. It's probably going to be like a full on jump forward and we probably won't see her again except maybe flashbacks. So that's, you know, they don't have to. But for me as a viewer, I'm like, I want to feel like I really got the the, the richest amount of time with this portrayal before moving on. She's done a lot of work. Holy crap. Yeah, The first thing I'm seeing from her. Yeah. I haven't seen any of these things she's been in. I'm looking at her IMDb right now. Jeepers. Oh, my God. Got a lot to catch up on. She has booked so many TV miniseries. <laughs> she has done so much. That's good. That's There's good. So much TV. She's like like a, a series regular on a bunch of TV shows. It's pretty much since she started. And she wasn't far from House of the Dragon. She just got outaged. Yeah. But, yeah. Wow. My God. That's like, why don't you check out her work? I know. She's, no, seriously, like there's there's a lot of great casting on this show, and there's a lot of satisfying performance work. But you know, bec- yeah, I think especially because this is the first time I've seen her, I'm just like, ah, like I would watch this character across all the seasons yeah. in her hands, not to slight whoever's taking over, but she does have that really young look, and she's like she's 22. Hey. 
and she I, I believe she was like 15 years old or yeah, something 16 yeah. you know? I think so, maybe in this yeah. episode she was on the verge of of she was like 17, 17 maybe yeah. but but yeah I mean we've seen her since she was at like at least 14 and I believed it each time so. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um all right guys well thank you for being here um be sure to subscribe and keep a lookout for a reaction to the next episode uh, I'm loving this show I really loving am it. I'm I'm loving it I'm loving it more than another fantasy show. <laughs> oh no! Oh, don't don't uh, tell me what it is. Okay. But, but this is, I'm enjoying this one a lot more. <laughs> and this one didn't cost as much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're. What, I don't, can't figure it out. This one's a lot more interesting. <laughs> anyway, guys, we'll see you soon. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.